Copy, ship boss. I got radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitcher up there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right, hey, copy that. John, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah good, Matty. Thanks for the invite. Oh, mate, it's been it's been a pleasure. There, you're one of the inaugural interviews, and appreciate you coming along. A lot of a lot of people were obviously waiting for episodes to come out before they wanted to come on for an interview. But you you've just put your full trust and faith in me, and I really appreciate that. Oh, that's good, Matt. No what, worries, what, mate. what could go wrong, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been happening, mate? Oh, mate. Well, you, I heard your previous podcasts, and yeah, the mine industry is picking up. Um, we've been this year. Um, since we came off the Christmas break, it's been full on. Um, it's been a bit of resurgence in the air leg sort of stuff, which is obviously what we specialise in, and yep. I can talk a bit about. Um, and it's been really good, you know. And plus, mining in general, you know, the gold price is doing what it's doing. And if nickel kicks in, well, yeah, look out. And there are a few nickel miners getting ready to start up. So no, the mining industry underground, especially, is looking really good. Yeah, that's def- definitely the flavour of the month at the moment. The the nickel, I know it's probably going a bit slower than everyone thought it was going to with the. Uh obviously the demand for the renewable energy sources the bat- batteries and everything so that's um god i can't imagine when when it actually goes off how much work there's going to be around obviously the resurgence in all the gold mines and everything lately it's just been great great for all of us that need well, to right, earn mate. money <laughs> yeah well, that's right mate and uh oh, and i think uh, finding the skilled manpower is the biggest challenge and i think it's a challenge today and so you yeah, so with increased underground mining it's uh it's just going to increase the, the demand for the for the workforce yep yep ah cool um look there's no we're not going to go through there's no sort of chronological order we're going to go through to bloody for this interview mate we just want to yeah. it would be just a good general chat about mining and mostly yourself you may as well god you may as well bloody yeah. pump your own ties <laughs> up mate no one else is going to do it for you i've just yeah. bloody we're just we're just sitting here having a chat before making a coffin we got talking a bit too long and i've frothed the bloody milk too much and it's uh i think it'll be cool by the end of the interview mate so actually you're right Matt. yeah there's always round two it's it's 9 57 we thought it was too early for a beer so uh we'll have one after anyway yeah uh, cool, all right, mate. Well, let's just start. We'll go right back at the start when, obviously, air leg mining's are like to I guess to this generation of miners is a bit. It's a bit of an unknown to people. I know I only went to my first mine last year where there was a, a lot of air legging going on. Everything was mechanised before that. Do you want to give us the just give us an intro on how you where you first got into air leg mining and sort of the traineeship process you went through? Yeah, mate. Well, um, for those that don't know me, I'm from Esperance originally. Um, when I went to my first mine, at Norseman, it was just straight up the road, really. Um, and Norseman, even though it's not operating now, in the in the you no, know, when I got there, we they they poured five million ounces. Um, Norseman was the longest running continuous gold mine. Uh, you know, it was great. Uh, and now, so it, and predominantly, it was air leg mining. It's narrow vein gold. That's what I specialise in, and people that know the Norseman area and the Norseman ore bodies, well, that's even though, yeah, the mechanised is there, as, of course, as well. But um, I worked at Harlequin for 13 years. Um, I think there's about 14 airleggers there in its prime. Um, I started off as a fitter because um, I was a mechanic, and I, so I went up there as a fitter. Um, they wanted to start the decline up at Harlequin again, and it was a bit of a fad back then to have what they called fitter offsiders. So they thought if they stick a fitter next to the jumbo, well, it won't break down. Well, that's a bit of, well, that didn't really work out. But uh, <laughs> I've heard that's actually making a bit of a resurgence yeah, too, isn't it? Some well, mines actually what, running that. Any any fitters that want to jump ship and join the mining team, 
that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, so basically, I joined another guy, Wally Beasley. Um, he was the jump operator, and we were basically a two-party team. Um, so I went straight from the workshop to a single heading decline. So I got chucked in the deep end. I, was, I had a pretty good dream running the diesel crew, mate. I skipped all the service crew stuff because straight into decline charge and front line. And then it wasn't long after that, Wally let me bog. So I went straight, my first bog was a 2900, straight in bogging the decline heading. Yeah. And uh, we worked together side by side for a bit over two two years. Um, the air leg was always an attraction to me. Um, I liked the idea of uh, working by myself, you know, make my own path that type of thing um, and don't have to rely on cross shifts so to speak and you know, you know make, just make your own way so that uh, went, and that's the way I went uh, when Creases and mine companies and they bought Norseman they offered uh, everyone knew they wanted to be an air leg miner so I had a chance of obviously continuing on the twin beam they were going to give me a twin beam operator position or an air leg trainee position everyone thought I was mad I said I'm taking the air leg job um, which was to give people a context back then it was it was 140 grand a year flat rate on the twin boom or 75 grand a year flat rate as a trainee air legger for nine months yeah right. what what year was what year yeah, was, was that two, don't have to give away our old oh, yard 2000, it? 2002 i think 2002 yep. Yep. yeah so that's sort of just after the yeah. where it went real quiet in 2000 yeah. yep um so obviously it took a pretty big pay cut but um that's what i wanted to do and um don't worry, I soon caught up, you know. So basically I, I scraped. So people that know scraping is uh, how we shift the, the fired dirt on a, in a flat flat ore body when you're in the air leg mining. Um, so it was me and Graham Parkin. We were the scraper drivers for nine months. And then Parky started his traineeship. When he finished his, I started mine. And we pretty much shared around between uh, 12 to 14 miners. We were really lucky. I, I thought I was lucky. I worked with probably some of the best guys, like Dave Easton. Um, most of these guys are retired now. Um, you know, Trevor Smith came there for a little bit. Roger Hendy. Um, those guys, you know, you, you just picked up from them what you could, you know. Um, so you did a little bit with all of them. You, know, you got shared around. And, you know, then you finally get given your own, your own contract, your own stope. Uh, so that was... Probably nine months scraping, six months as an air leg trainee. They got my first job, um, all, all at Harlequin in Norseman. And uh, yeah, I was, and, I, and that's when I hit my straps. Uh, so, so when you when you're doing that within that sort of fifteen months, when you when you're scraping, and uh, are you getting much of a? Because obviously it's such a high a high pressure job. Like the guys are down there doing eight hour shifts on their on their own contract. You, did you get much opportunity to actually have a crack on the leg? Or oh yeah, oh so sorry. I probably should have thrown in that. So we, me and Parky would come in on the back shifts. Oh yeah. So no, we they, the air leggers would work during the day <coughs> on day shift. We'd come in afternoon shift, um, and and scrape. And uh, no, the obviously so we'd scrape a heading, set up, rig up, bore, start boring the cut, maybe have. As you learn, maybe burn, bore the burn, bore the shot hole in the reamer, you know, and then move on to the next heading, just or bolt, bolt the heading as well. You'd bolt yep. the heading, scale and bolt the heading, of course. Uh, all the stope area that you're going to be stoping. Um, and then uh, just rolled from that. And then they brought me on to one day a week on the, the end last, actually, uh, the Friday, because we only worked Monday to Fridays back when we were doing that. We're on the Friday, they switched me to day shift, so then I got to spend all Friday with the miners on day shift, and that was part of my training. Yep. Um, 
and so look, by the time a trainee, my official trainee ship started, well, geez, I was all, we're all pretty much already doing it anyway. Yep. Um, then the creases realised that they were going broke. Well, they weren't making enough money, so they wanted some more output from us, so they put us on contract. And um, that's when things really changed for us. You know, we learnt. Well, we we I was one of the first. I was the first guy because my paint. Like I say, they uh, the carrot in front of me was sign the new contract, John. Oh, you're stuck on your seventy five grand. So I signed my contract, and well, we won't talk figures, but uh, me and Dave Easton made some pretty good money early on, um, and yeah, everyone followed suit not long after, and we did really well and carried on for you know another ten years. Because so when you when you go under contract, so I assume, uh, I guess we'll talk a bit about the ore body uh, with Harlequin. So obviously it was very flat. I assume. What are we talking? Sort of twenty thirty degrees. Yeah. Um, Look, Harlequin was a great mine. <clears throat> um, I've never been to Daisy, but I believe it's very similar ore body to Daisy. Um, there was lots of ore bodies. Um, HV one was the main long old stoping one. That was a beauty. You know. Four or five metres wide quartz. Yep. Stood straight up and down. No, they long hold that, no worries. But then you had, then it flattened off. The HV6, which is another, another part of Harlequin, um, and the 5F, they were all, yeah, ranged anywhere from 45 degrees to vertical. It was a, you could start off your room and pillar stope on a nice 40 degree angle, and then halfway through it would turn into, a, you'd have to do some sort of hybrid gallery. Um, and then roll back down to 45. So you, you learn you learn to be a pretty good, be able to adapt your mining technique to suit. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was lots of different. That was why it was a great mine to to learn in and train at because the one mine had so many different stoping and ore bodies that you had wide, thick, flat, steep, and so you, we learnt nearly all the facets of air leg mining in that one mine. And that's yeah. So yeah, no, there was it, was it wasn't just one big all body mate. Yeah. Yep. So I guess for the as I said for the listeners that probably don't have much of a much of a knowledge of air legging. So explain when I guess air legging gets the toughest. Like I would assume it's when you're sort of slotting on your when it gets flat when you're heading towards that sort of twenty thirty degrees sort of yeah. dip of the all body. You're scraping a lot more often. Are yeah. You? Yeah. Well, obviously uh, gravity. So you know. 36 degrees is the real, real angle of oppose, so they say. So, yeah, if once you've got to start scraping, <clears throat> it doesn't get tougher. It just slows things up a bit, you know, um, and that's why you need to have a scraper drive. Um, 60 degrees is a good all, because, you know, then you can work off your dirt. Sometimes managers don't like that because you've got to work off your dirt, so you will use your dirt to stand on and work until you finish that panel. So that could be a month. So you, you might the mine might not get that, that all for... A month at a time which they don't like especially when it's high grade um but uh i suppose yeah the when it's a flat ore body uh if it's thin when the, when the ore body's narrow because obviously we're trying to keep our dilution down that's when it's the toughest you know they want to you know but obviously you see it's we get we get a bit uh shirty over here you see the uh the, the south african miners stand it kneeling down on on a you know a 15 degree ore body and the mining at two foot high yeah we don't do that in wa or australia so um but that makes it a bit that's the toughest mate when it's a a, a high grade uh flat narrow ore body when it's when it's flat and it's 
two metres high, well, that's no problem. You know, you can stand back and you're standing up and it's great. But uh, when it's narrow, that's probably the toughest. But we still do it and it's still scraping. Um, I love rise mining. I, I, I love rise mining. Um, a lot of people hate it. Um, rise mining's probably been the, the go-to thing. Um, and what most, most people today would know us as, putting in escape ways, uh, slot rising. Um, if you're a good rise miner, you'll never be out of work, in my opinion. Um, and that's what's probably what's carried air legging through continuously. Um, and I, I suppose we always think that uh, for as long as there's a high-grade narrow vein ore body that's flat, um, there will be air leg mining. Um, I heard in your intro podcast that, you know, and it was said to me 20 years ago that, oh, air leg mining's dying. Why are you doing that for? Well, 20 years later, I'm still doing it. Um, I've made a career out of it. I've formed a company I'm, and I'm employing several air leg miners to do, do that job. And it's not just myself. There's, there's probably easily 30 air leg miners in work today in Western Australia, not even going into Australia. So I don't believe air leg mining's going anywhere. It's probably getting a resurgence. And as, as the big easy ore bodies are getting taken out, um, people are realising the uh, the importance of getting these high-grade narrow veins going. Because yeah. I, I just think my, my personal opinion with air leg mining, it's just such a so such a valuable method to have on site because it's 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 just so easy to get it get something underway whereas you think so so you got a bloody uh, you want to go punch a few cuts in somewhere just to see there's a vein inside the wall mm. you, if you go you go get a jumbo to do it you've got to run power in there you've got to oh yeah like it's it's just such a <clears throat> obviously running power is sometimes it's just not bloody Viable. feasible yeah. whereas you get you can dead set you can bloody jam an air leg miner in there and he can just within three days he's three cuts in because he's oh, yeah. no scraping nothing the first that's three right. cuts just bloody shoot across and it's just for exploration purposes that that's that's one big handy thing and the next one is just obviously what bit of work that you're doing these days for uh slot rises for stopes um, yeah and uh i was just uh, with a client only last month doing a risk assessment to start rise mining at their mine and um he made a very good point that uh, he prefers air leg mining for their slot rises for their long old stopes um because they can um they sample the ore body the full length there do a sample up the rise so they've got full confidence in what that grade is of that stoping panel before they long hole it, you know, because they can physically chip sample the uh, the full the full length height of the ore body. Exactly, and another and another thing as well, if you if you're going using long hole risers, um, reamers, reamers shot holes, etc., in comparison to air leg slot risers, you uh, an air leg slot riser, it's guaranteed you've got a bloody one a one meter void to fire into. Like God, if you fuck that up, you bloody and, and yeah. it has that. Look, you yeah. can, you can, you can, but in terms of probability of success, it's it's you're well, nearly guaranteed right. to work yeah. every time. But with long long hole risers, obviously. I don't know, I'd just say it's about probably 50 half, especially the up hole one, it wonders half work, half don't, but it's not yeah. It's not the fact that it doesn't work that's the big issue. It's the when you have to go back in to slash it and you're putting people yeah. at the brow yeah. and you've got frozen frozen material sitting above, the amount of hazards it introduces, that's right, if that lets go, mm. is way, way bigger than any, any hazards you can encounter in uh, rise mining. Yeah, um, uh, look, rise mining's come a long way. Um, when I started, there was no pilot holes. Um, you know, and that's been, to be honest, that's been a great thing for us air leggers. Um, oh, you'd never knock back a pile at all, no. especially about 89 mil. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when it first came in, we were lucky to get a 64 mil 
well, now they're all like 102 and et cetera. But, um, you know, doing blind rises, you know, that, you know, there's no problems, can, you know, but uh, now with the, with the mines department brought in the regulations, well, not really regulations, guidelines, I should say, guidelines. You know, 60 degrees, 20 metres height, you no know, pilot hole. Um, that's really taken out a lot of the risk of, of, of rise mining. Um, I guess it's a confidence thing and an ex- more an experience thing that uh, an experienced airling miner is quite feels quite safe, you know, in in, in what he does. Um, he sticks to his rules, sticks to the procedures that, or no, when I say the rules, the rules of airleg mining that we that's airleg miners are trained well and know. Of. Don't take any shortcuts. Um, there's no problems. Um, I think you can say that in across most uh, facets of underground mining. Um, I like the way you said in your previous podcast that. Uh, it's not dangerous. Yes, it's hazardous, but it's def- definitely not dangerous, you know, and I don't like using that word either. Someone only just said to me, I had a trader come around my place the other day, and he said, oh, danger money. I said, mate, no, that doesn't exist. It's it's not that. I don't like that term at all either. Well, I, I, yeah. I personally think you're safer working in yeah. an underground mine than driving on the freeway. Yeah, like, mate, just, you can You can only look at the statistics yeah. each year. Like, it's, a, it's such a – it's funny. When I went to I went to Sydney, oh, like, no, obviously numerous times, I lived there for a while but you go to some of those streets there now and you look at these massive hills and all these big line of big line of cars parked on these hills on the side of the road and you're just like that's a that's a sackable offense they're not turned into the gutter <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, it's gen- general population it's uh they don't even think of that stuff but obviously well, it's, it's, it's drilled funny. into us so much yeah. in mining you actually look at that stuff and you I think, do that. how do you yeah. how do you get away with that it's funny you said that i actually it's one of the things i, I do now i've when I'm parked on a hill, I'll always turn my wheels, my cruiser into the wife of the I go, oh, you know, just in case. Have you done the three three toots to get out of the garage no. for reverse? <laughs> no, no, I haven't done that. I'll, okay, before before we get into the the prolific uh, business uh, venture of John O. Johnson, I just want to talk about the I guess the air leg mining methods uh, that are that are employed. Um, obviously, there's different different methods that suit different ore body sizes and dips uh do you want to do you want to give us a rundown john of all the all the different methods available such as rising slotting leading stoping and whatever else i've bloody missed uh yeah no problem um look i think we've already touched on the air leg rising um quick quick recap of that is you know we put a rise up for an escape way between levels one and a half by one and a half at 60 degrees or shallow whatever it needs to be uh, but no more than 60 um, or a slot for a, as the void for the long hole stoke firing initial firing and why why 60 take us into why, All right, why so, where the 60 degrees has come from right well it's a guideline brought in by the um, mines department for starters and the best thing is so when you're actually standing so if a rock fell off the face uh, that you're boring um, it will hit the foot wall because you're standing, as an airlet, you'll be standing, you know, let's say when you're collaring the hole, you'll be standing two metres back, more or less, from the face. Um, if you can picture, picture a, a, you know, a rise going up at 60 degrees, when the, a rock falls off the face, it's not going to hit you in the head. It's going to hit the foot wall in front of you and roll down the foot wall of the rise. Um, when it gets steeper, well, then the face is directly above your head. Therefore, if a, a small rock was to fall off the face, it will hit you in the head because it's coming straight down. So... Um, I guess it's just uh, if people can just picture in their heads, you know, and that's why we always keep the face always leaning away from us. We always overbore our back holes in a rise. Oh, yep, yep. Or pull up your lifters or pull up your, your, your bottom holes to make sure that the, the top of the rise is, is away from, you know, um, so it's more straight up and down, not 
not square to the football hanging wall or the backs yep. of your eyes more um and that way th- yeah and 60 degrees is a nice safe angle you know you're not because it uh once i've done a few 70s and that um bit st- and uh, you know the difference um yeah so yeah 60 degrees yeah, and that's why it's made to safer. Uh, generally, yeah. Long story short, if a rock falls off the face, it'll roll down the football rather than hit you in the fear in the face. So, what what sort of on the on the other end of the spectrum, what what sort of dips are you getting to when you sort of have troubles actually shooting the dirt out when it's starting to get a bit shallow and you have to convert yeah. to slotting, for example? Uh, yeah, like when I mentioned earlier. Uh, well, dirt. If you want to get technical, reels at thirty six degrees by all accounts. We'll say anything. Uh, so we'll say forty. 45 degrees dirt won't reel. You can wash it, you know, with your water hose, but then you really got to look at scraping. Um, so anything shallower than 45, uh, you know, rule of thumb, you're going to be needing a scraper at some point, especially when you uh, get further further in height, you know, and that's another reason why we cap things at 20 metres too, you know. And the, the uh, something I bring up with other managers is um, air leg minor efficiency in stopes. When you start getting higher than 20 metres between... Uh, now your efficiency per shift starts dropping down a bit too. Yep. Uh, but that's mainly right. Yeah. Cool. So, so when you, I guess then we, when you're getting sort of less than that 45 degrees area, obviously height higher than 45 is when you'd be employing your long conventional well, that, long hole stoping method. And that's the other point too. If well, I say in gravity, if that dirt you try and if that uh, all body is is steep enough for for the dirt to fall out it's very hard to argue to put an air leg miner in there now over long hole mining um you know unless it's a really thin vertical ore body high grade and they don't want to dilute it too much yeah so yeah vertical they'll long hole it flatter will air leg it so as i say if there's a high grade narrow vein flat ore body there'll be air leg miners involved so when when it's uh when you're getting less than 45 and you say you refer to an air leg stope yep do you want to take us take us through the sort of the process to develop it and and how you how you're maintaining your access and your egress and yep. the, sort of the the rules and pillars you okay. have to put in place before the i guess the final full extraction of the ore body right well, that's real easy um the most common method on a flat ore body like that, say, let's just rule of thumb, just make it up uh, 45 degrees and the ore body is 1.2 metres wide, um, you'll employ a, a room and pillar stope. Basically, you've got the leaf pillars and um, a geotech obviously will tell you what they can be, but let's say a standard rule of thumb would be five metre pillar spacings and you'd go for the um, height by width, so you know, three by two by two metre pillar in stope. So the... Let's say a single boom jumbo might develop your access, your, your drive, or it could be air leg, but let's just say a small jumbo will do it. Say a nominal drive size of uh, three by three and a half, something like that, will be your level access. And then you'll start at the end, obviously, and retreat your way out. <coughs> but you'll start at the end and you might put up uh, four working bays or three working bays at maybe four. Probably off the level, you won't make it much bigger than four metres. Well, you shouldn't really. Um, but it's up to the, the ground conditions, I guess. And individual mine managers and the early miner but I'd, I'd, if it was me I'd keep them at four metres until you cut your first pillar and uh, so you have a, a four metre bay a three metre pillar four metre bay three metre pillar this is off the level uh, you'd set a scraper up opposite your uh, opposite say one of your level pillars you never set a scraper up opposite one of your open bays you always set it across is that because you're shoot, shooting your yeah, dirt otherwise straight you feel, on yeah, it otherwise yeah, yeah. Yep. You, don't, you don't ever want to be scraping dirt 
into you because when you're, when you're scraping, you, a rock could roll into your scraper, you know. So you always have that pillar in front of you as protection. Plus, it's what you run your ropes off, you know. You, you know. Um, in, when you start in stope, this will come down to a geotech thing or, well, basically a rule of thumb is if you're scraping, you keep what we call um, your pillar's chessboard. So your pillars are all in a line. That way it makes everything lines up. When you want to scrape, you can scrape diagonally through your pillars, straight down through your pillars down to the level, and then you just shift your back rope up through the stope, then you just got to pull your, your front rope to your hoe off and run at each bay that suits. Dice 5, which people should be familiar with, like, like Dice 5, if you want to stagger your pillars, generally you'd stagger your pillars um, if you weren't scraping, if it was a bit steeper, um, and that's just how it goes. Um, in saying that, you put a pillar where you need a pillar. Yep. And I probably should have said that first. Yep. If uh, you're mining through your stope and you see a fault coming through the backs, you put a pillar in. You, uh, if you need a pillar, you put a pillar in, regardless yep. of anything. Uh, go around it. That's why we're air we can We can go around it. We can then put toms in or jackpots in, uh, you know, um, concrete grout packs, remnant mine it later. You know, that's the beauty I like about air legging. Um, you can get full extraction. It just takes, well, probably shouldn't say full extraction, but a majority of that stope you can extract. Just do it in stages rather than in that first initial pass. But then getting back to the room pillar store, uh, the other thing I must you, you, you must do and you should do, and it's for the benefit of the miner and for everyone, is and it's a regulation as well as you need a second means of egress into your stope. So just which is basically an in-stope escapeway. So you would develop a rise from the level you're working at to the level above, so you can maintain access through your stope. If there was to be an issue in your stope where you couldn't escape down the level, you can go up through your stope and out to the level above. That helps with uh, ventilation of your stope. It helps with, uh, you can bring, as you get higher, you can bring services down that from the, from the level above rather than run hoses up from the bottom. Um, we all, you know, and yeah. You know, so the generally what you could do, you could convince your mine manager, for a better word, um, to put up exploration rises before you start that stoping panel, that stoping level. So they might, if you're lucky enough, you'll get the gig of putting the rises up. So you might have four or five uh, rises up on that level, which they can sample, um, and they're done before you start your room and pillar stoping. Um, then you can use them, and they help, you know. Um, that's good, and that's about it, mate. And so, then, so but, I yeah. guess I guess the way to way the we'll we'll have to get into the YouTube side of things and yeah. uh, get get all this so get a whiteboard going. But yeah. I guess the I guess the best way to explain it would be just a big checkerboard maze. So when you're talking yep. about the egress, you can obviously go up one slot to um, sort of one set of pillars, but you can there's multiple ways to get back out. Yeah, that's if, right. If something does give that's way, right. that's right. And then that's got to work in, and it's more of a timing thing in a sequence. Because obviously you've got to work. You might have to, through your your stoping of your whole level. You might end up with three escapeways breaking through the level above. Because you might have your mate elegant above you, and he's retreating at the same speed or faster than you. Um, so you lose your escapeway because then it's yeah you know. But once again, if it's a room pillar stope, um, and the in your oak your accesses aren't too big that start off your bay, um, it hasn't been remnant mined. You can uh, it's still a safe you know. You, you can walk along that level as opposed to a an open stope it's not an open stope um, you know he's put ground support in the stope there's level pillars so it's not really classed as an open stope as i've got a bit older i've liked to start my um level level uh bays off smaller 
Um, that way, my managers, you can, we can bolt, once we're finished, we can chuck a sheet of mesh over them and just to ma- maintain that safe level access. Um, some guys, when they, they get a bit hungry, they might make them level bays a bit too big. You know, but that's just a, you know, people, people experience will teach, teach them that. Um, when you get inside your stoke, do what you like, spread your shoulders and go to town. Much you can't put that you can't put that dirt back. So maintaining control, I use that word a lot. Control, we must you know, and that's the beauty of being an air leg miner in a stope is you have control. You can control what you take out. You can control what you don't. You can't put it back. So you can always come back later and get it. And I think that's the beauty of it. And is that I gather that uh, that wisdom would obviously come from age. I'd, I'd yeah. imagine when you're on a contract early yeah. on in your life and you've got yeah. all these dollars being waved in front of you like oh i might just put a bloody extra row in right. uh, yeah, you'd be counting the dollars but you obviously know it uh when you when you start uh affecting the integrity of your whole stoping panel which is your workplace for yeah. and i guess people have got to understand when when John O refers to an air leg stope, he this air leg stope will would be his, could be his workplace for over a year oh if yeah he, like or the level could be that you could be at the level for easy six to nine months, easy. If they're 20 metre high, you know, um, it could be you know, 200 metre long level. Generally, you're there, leg minor, the right, that's your level there. And yeah, you, 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 you're minor, that's right. Um, and here's your workplace, you're in that stoke, you know, 10 hours a day, more or less. Um, yeah, you don't want you know, yeah. And then you're right, it, uh, I'll, I'll be the first to put my hand up, like, like you said, when I started, yeah, but. You, know, you get a bit greedy, and um, there's consequences can follow that. So yeah, you know, a bit of bit of experience teaches you, you know, the old dog sort of stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that, that that's good. That's a very very good explanation of um, I guess your room and pillar. Oh, I yeah. guess I'll, I'll talk to I'll sort of refer to it as slotting. or yeah. slotting and yeah. room and pillar are sort of interchangeable yeah. stoping methods. Yep. That's uh, yeah. I suppose the other one is people uh, you know leading stope, which is like when they're leading stopes and gallery stoping similar but different um leading stope is basically you just stand on your it's a vertical firstly it's got to be a vertical all body type of thing and you just stand there and you just just half up i just rip her out and work off your dirt and they bog it um not really done much anymore to be honest, in, in that traditional sense you'll go up and you put a intermediate what we call an in, intermediate sub level maintain your level of integrity um, and that's after the first two. You can do two lifts, yeah. can't you? And on, well, once you get to your third, you've got to have your intermediate sub-level to, as a method of egress. Well, you need to still always have your, your, your egress above um, and you just got to work it out, you know. Um, you put levels across and you can do a couple of intermediate sub-levels um, and it all depends. You've got to time it uh, and that comes down to the experience of the air leg miner of, and, and working out the height of that, of that stoping panel. That's right. But generally, you can um, yeah, you maintaining access and not losing your access. But you need to be able to maintain the bogging and trying not to get away with scraping. You know, obviously, you've got to scrape your intermediate sub-levels because um, they'll be 20 metres long. But, uh, yeah, and off you go. Yeah, I went uh, last year when I was uh, at an air leg mine, I went into a bloke's leading stope and it's it all looks good on paper. But when you actually get in there and talk to them about what they're doing, each strip and where the, the the thought that you have to put into where you're firing your dirt, and you got to be you got to be thinking weeks ahead. You're like, right, I've got to fire oh, yeah. this there because obviously, obviously, yeah, swell factor of your yep. dirt has to be taken into account. Now, once you fire, you're half up as you need to be maintained egress to get back in there. That's and, right. And um, 
I suppose if the people out there don't know, swell factor's probably about a third. Well, I always like to say 30% type of thing. Um, yeah, and you've got to work – you run the risk of losing your backs, which means you haven't thought about it and you've fired – might have, might have got the 10 footers out and you fight a bit of dirt and you fight it the wrong way and next thing you know your backs are four or five metres above you then you're in trouble um, so you've got to try and work it away you can fire dirt back over yourself um, to give you room to get to the backs so you can get room so yeah just maintaining that control and like I said that word again control um, yep. and having that experience to know where to fire your dirt and which direction to fire it yeah, to work off again because you need that dirt to work off so with leading stopes I guess the the purpose, if you're going to do a leading stope, is if you've got a real thin vein and you want to obviously you want to minimise yep. your dilution. As you yep. said, how much of a factor do you think is if you long hold a drive? So you say you've got a single boom jumbo drive, three mm. three metres wide, so a yep. bit of overbreak, three point three. Do you think if you went in and drilled the same pattern dimensions with a long hole rig compared to an air leg leading stope, would would an air leg would it still break back to that sort of natural hanging wall, which is sort of a, a function of your drive width? Do you think air leg leading stopes can actually control that overbreak a bit and keep it compressed? Or do, oh, does yeah, it- yeah. I see what you mean. So the biggest um, – this is why, you, why I like to leave le- level pillars. Um, look, the ground – once again, I'll disclaimer here is the ground conditions, you know. Yeah. But let's just say we've got good ground conditions. Um, an air leg mine will go in and he'll maintain that should be able to say let's just let's make it a four foot one point two meter wide uh leaning stope gallery stope width mining 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 width up bit long island i doubt very much you could get keep it under one and a half you know i've seen some good long old stopes come out and use single but the, the height the height is the thing that good those things those little single boom jumbos like say atlas 104 they're great up to say 10 to 12 meters Right. Over that, they get hole deviation, you know, um, and yeah, then they start spraying out. So if the level spacing is only like 10 metres, a little 104 with a lot, with pitot jaws on the end, uh, like I said earlier, it's very hard to beat that. <clears throat> you know, put a 151 or a 1300 on remotes. Um, you know, so that's, I've got to give that to the to the long hole brigade, give them a tick. But sometimes, um, you know, equipment needs, sometimes air leggers, you no, know, every mine's different. The, those jumbos might be needed somewhere else in the mine. So yeah, jam an air legger in there, and we'll knock it out, and we'll maintain that. Should be able to maintain that 1.2 mining width. Oh, I don't like. Uh, oh, hey, look, an air leg miner could probably mine it narrower, but you got to be realistic. I, I think. Uh, well, any of my boys, I don't let them mine less than 1.2 in a vertical or body like that. There's no need to. Um, yeah. But that, uh, and it's funny i've talked to some a lot of some retired air leggers and it's amazing how different air leggers do it based on their body sizes because there's oh, yeah. there's air leggers that come in all shapes and sizes right. and, and uh the foreman i was talking to he said he went and actually took over a, a bloke's um air leg stope yep. once back back in the day and he said he had to just because this guy he took over from was a small bloke this other guy was a pretty like a big muscly bloke and he had to go in and sort of strip all the footwall to make it workable for himself it's obviously yeah. it's some well where that is a big a big thing is i i really uh against cross shifting and rise mining body size and rise mining is uh, a big one um yeah you know like uh be, and everyone minds a rise different but uh you, um big guys like to make faces a bit bigger because they the rise is bigger smaller guys um 
and obviously in rise mining, we're going back earlier there. Uh, the smaller the, the smaller the the, vo- uh, the face size, the safer it is. I think my rises are generally 1.5, 1.6 tall, but only one meter wide, 900 wide. Um, there's other guys that like to make them an easy one and a half by one and a half. Some guys make them smaller. Um, but yeah, body size is good. That's why and cross shifting. We try none of it. I don't know one air leg miner that likes cross shifting. Like share, share, fair enough. The, the best we can ask for is when you go out on break, another miner will come in, so you'll share a stope, but not day shift, night shift, and certainly not. And in a rise, I really uh, advise against cross shifting if there's any managers out there listening, um, unless it's an emergency and you need something pushed through in a hurry. Cross shifting rises is is bad news. And I, th- I think the only the only reason that would would have been done in, in probably the, the case I heard and in modern cases literally if someone snatched it yeah, oh, yeah. To, yeah that happens yeah, that's the only <laughs> yeah. Only. yeah but no mate um, I suppose getting back gallery stoping in a vertical ore body is probably a bit safer than uh, more controlled uh, it takes once again there's a trade off uh, longer to develop because you've got to put rises up and sub levels up but then you make your cream when you lay your half uppers in um, and most of the time you know you'll find there's a very you know you can vary it but if level spaces are kept to 20 meters no problems you know um shrink stoping yeah i was, I was, I was just I, I was about, about to i was I, just see, about to ask everyone that. talks about shrink stoping um look and and a lot of people that probably talk about it is would yeah. not know i, I yeah. certainly until last year and i still don't really i don't really know anything about shrink stoping and it's well, all just a massive stigma yeah look the mines department People say, oh, that's banned. Look, the mines department haven't banned it in, in, by regulation, um, but they've put a few well-worded choice of words in to make it nearly impossible to do it by the, by the regulation. Um, and what I mean by that is, I think from memory, it says something like, uh, you must be able to accurately measure the vo- amount of void dirt taken out from that stoke, which, you know, to the word accurately at any given time is hard. And... Uh, so there's better ways of mining now. We don't need to do it. You know, you don't need to shrink stoke a mine, um, an ore body. But basically, that was go in on. Uh, and the other thing with shrink stoking is you got to you. Um, it's waste development. So these previous, as you would have seen it, probably Daisy, the single room jumbo for example, or an early miner will develop on the ore body, <clears throat> and whether it's vertical, 45 doesn't matter. Shrink stoping. Well, it's all like it's back, gone back to the days when they had rail. You know. You know, go back to the 80s and 70s where it was all waste development then you put draw points in and access and up you go like that um i'm not a, i've never done one because i'm not that old um they were done in norseman a lot a um, couple of fatalities um so no nah, it's because you just uh when the people don't know so the the bolt you you work off your dirt as we took as a vertical you shrink stoke in a vertical or body you work off your dirt the whole way and you'll have a series of draw points um and then to manage the swell because um, like i say it increases by a third more or less you need to bog out from draw point two or draw point four whatever a couple of buckets here and there now what happens if quartz or the ore body sort of sticks up what we call a hang up most some people might feel that on an ore pass but that's basically what it is um and then the air leg, and it doesn't come down, it's very hard to get that dirt down. And the danger is when an air leg miner or any person walks across the top of the ore body and it lets go while he's walked across, it'll, it'll suck you down. And there'll be a human stuck 
somewhere in the body in an overpass. So that's which then relate, relates to a fatality generally. So that's why we don't do it anymore. But yeah, because from my understanding is the only accurate, or well, well, it's not even accurate, mm. the the way to management that manage it that it was explained to me is that you literally need someone to witness the dirt fall as it's bogged yeah if, if right. the if the dirt doesn't if the bogger takes a bucket out you need a spotter to mm. confirm that that dirt is actually sunk yep because if if a, and if a two buckets are taken out and the dirt doesn't move there's a there's a cavity somewhere that's right um yeah. i think i was told i'll say again i've never done one because i'm not that old um but you know, the miners would put chains on the wall and you know, they could might check out, you know, mark it with a bit of paint, you know, so they go, oh, yeah, that hasn't dropped or that has dropped sort of stuff is a way of they could, you know, check it out. But, um, yeah, it's a, it is a stigma, a bit of a touchy thing, but like I say, there's no need to do one, no. It's not illegal to my understanding by the mines department, but the rules they've put in sort of make it, you know, tough to, tough to argue and, you know, you, there's better way, you don't, you know, why would you develop a waste along a waste drive when you can develop along ore, you know? Yeah. Okay, I guess yeah, for, yeah. for listeners trying to piece yeah. together sort of the 3D, 3D image of what it looks like, you go, you, you have a have a waste footwall drive and then just cross cuts coming straight off it yeah. into the ore and there you – most air leg mine that we've, uh, we've discussed prior to this – all your development is in ore, and then yeah. and then you're slotting or rising rising off that. Whereas shrink stoping, you're required to put a waste footwall in. So, if you, if shrink stoping was to be employed, is, is it is there much of a production rate increase no. from it? You think? Oh, well, I've never done it, but I couldn't see because once once you're actually physically in the stope, it's just like a leading stope. It's just the way that the ore is extracted is the difference. Um, that's yeah, that's the long story. That's it. In the, without getting too more into it, yep. the actual mining once you're in the stope, um, probably no need for pillars because the dirt is um, you're standing on your dirt, working off your dirt, and yep. you know. So it's confining it's the confined. Hang, hanging wall. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Look, yeah, like I say, times have changed. That's so. Uh, there's no need to do one. I can't think. And I welcome anyone to email me. Let me know why they think you should do a shrink stoke today because I can't think of any reason why you would. Yeah. So, and I guess the, I know where I was last year, the, the air leggers all worked. They're all residential Monday to Friday. Yep. So yep. in terms of, in terms of dirt extraction, they do all the leg work Monday to Friday and you've got the whole weekend to go take, take boggers in there. They lift yep. their, lift their scrapers up, lift the ropes up, boggers yep. go in, clean the joint out wherever the dirt is and you start again so i don't i don't think yeah. i think maybe by the sounds of what you say shrink stoping you'd have to be in it every day to really get a production rate increase but if you're working yeah. monday to friday you i oh, think yeah. you can get most of the dirt <clears throat> yeah. out in a week anyway yeah yeah and there's like i say there's no there's other mining methods to mining a vertical ore body now than shrink stoping so there's no yeah there's no benefit mate i can't see any benefit today in needing to do it yeah so after discussing all these mining methods, what what was your jam? What was your bread and butter? The John, oh, John, if you jam John O. Johnson in somewhere, where, oh, where were you going right. to get the best out of him back in the day? I was a pretty good rise miner without talking too much. And I could move through the dirt. Um, my best yeah, – this is a good one. My best one was um, the 402 level at Harlequin. So what happened? This uh, So people that know ACM, here's a bit of history for you. Um, so it's about 2003, 
2004, something like that. Um, Mick Roden rocks up to site, Harlequin. They made the decision. So currently, sorry, level spacings are 18 metres between levels. Someone, some young engineer came in, I won't mention his name, uh, thought, no, nah, we'll get rid of all these air-leggers. We'll, we'll, we'll make the stopes 10 metres apart and we'll, and we'll long, hole, long hole slash all the dirt out. We won't need to air-leg mine it. So they got uh, Mick Roden in. Or this, was, this was ACM's first jumbo contract. They hired a single boom 104 off Mott Ryan. Uh, they came to Harlequin, Mick Roden, couple, uh, that's Brian Roden's brother. A couple of other guys came in and they um, put in these half a dozen drives and split the levels in half, three by three drives. So that's the story there. And then they went off and got became ACM after that. Well, they already were ACM, I suppose. So then Jono gets put into this uh, 402 level. I was only meant to, me and Tony Beach shared the end of it for a little bit. Uh, and then Tony went to another job. And I uh, put in there, it was a room, like you know, 40, 50 degrees. And uh, I kept going and, and I just slashed it out. Yeah. So basically, time, time you cut your level pillar, uh, make a bay, couple of, couple of drags and you're, you're, you're at the top. And uh, I moved that through that pretty quick. Um, so yeah, room and pillar stopen. Well, any most air league miners can, to be honest, can move through a room and pillar stope pretty quick. But that's where I made some pretty good money and broke a lot of tons there. Um, and on context, at one point two meters high. Uh, not so the amount of, you know these weren't like three meter high all bodies. It's only like you know, so we might mine it pretty pretty narrow and still produced a shitload of tons. Um, and Glenn Povey was a mine manager there at the time, and I said to him, where's my next job? He says, no, mate, you're mining that quicker than we can stope it and remote it, so you're staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the end of that, you know. But, yeah, I, was, I like to think I was a pretty good rise mine. I consistently punch out, you know, you know three eight-footers, you know. Um, at three three eight-footers in a shift. Yep. Two, if I had a pilot hole, yep. If we didn't have pilot holes at the start, yeah, two, two, two blind eight-footers. Yep. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty but, impressive from you know, what I hear. Well, if you had the, tell you to be honest though, mate, if you had the rises, you know, and this is why it's all in context. You know, if you got a level and you got four rises and you got three or four sets of gear, uh, you and know, and a pilot hole. Oh, <laughs> if you got a pilot hole, that's when these new. No, I shouldn't say new because most of them mining today with pilot holes, it, it it really makes it easy. You know, yep. you you can really move through it. And don't worry. And a lot of my mates are mining now. They'll know. They'll be listening to this and they'll know. You know, they'll punch out two eight-footers by two o'clock, you know. Yep. So it's, um, no, they know that. We all know that, yeah. So what, I guess, talk about the difference between, and there's obviously the the difference between getting a five-foot cut, obviously that's your one and yep. a half metres, yep. and an eight-foot cut. There's It's not, and it's, well, no, okay. just go into the, because yeah. I, I know for myself from the, what guys have explained, it's not just as simple of boring, boring an extra few hundred mil. There's actually a lot of, a lot of other constraints with your ladders and yeah. your advance that goes on yep. with so, the extra work it does create. Yeah, so a lot of my mining, when I started, I just stayed with two-metre steel or six-foot steel, 1.8, and then I moved up to eight-footers. Um, now, look, every miner's different. Some guys will collar with an eight-foot steel. Um, so the, anyone that's seen an air leg work um, will know it's like a two-stage st- two telescope. So a formatic cylinder type of thing where it'll come out. So that air leg will push 1.8 metres, okay, with, as from, 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 from where it is. If, we, if, if we're using a 1.8 metre air leg, you get shorter ones as well, and you get two, two metre legs as well. Um, when you go to eight foot, you, so you've got to 
retract, bring the air leg up. So you got to bore your hole, retract, and bring it up. What so some guys, I guess you can call it eight foot to two point four meters. Oh, sorry, yeah. So, so think yeah. of the two point four meter split set. Yeah, That's yeah, how long your yeah, steel is. Two point four. So some guys will collar straight up off off a rising ladder with um, eight foot, and they're fine with that. And when could but the air leg will only push two meters. So to get that last you no know, four five hundred, they'll uh, bring their air leg closer to the face, bring it up a couple of rungs on the ladder, and finish that last bit. The other way of doing it is you uh, have a 1.5 metre steel and you get up a bit closer to the face and you bore the whole face out with your 1.5 metre steel and then you'll come back and you'll have an eight foot steel there and you'll re- then run that eight foot steel up and bore y- another metre with your, with your eight footer. Um, horses for courses really. I'm not gonna say here that one's better than the other. It will come down to the minor. All I'll say is as long as you pull a clean face, that's all that matters. You know, if you can't pull an eight foot cut clean, don't pull one. Just stick to two two meters. You know. I guess the co- the consequences of not pulling your well, cut clean in rises is a bit. It's a bit different to not pulling your cut clean with a jumbo. That's right. Yeah. Well, those like I said earlier, those loose rocks they're going to come down. You know. So you need a clean face. Um, yeah, clean face, small face, and make sure that your back holes are always bored overboard or bored more than your bottom wall. So the top of your air leg rise face is away from you therefore you won't get an overhang on you you know yep. um you know yeah i suppose the other thing about stoking methods until we about flat backing you, know, you can do flat backing and air leg air leg flat backing yep i guess explain the difference between in air legging f- the difference between flat backing and leading stoping because okay well that, that's real easy um air leg sto- uh, leading stoping gallery stoping whatever way you want to call it um is you're coming up from underneath and you, well, let's say underneath, yeah, and you're boring holes above your head. Flat backing is, well, you're, it's like a drive. You're boring f- into the face and you're firing the dirt down. Yep. So, you know, another way you could talk about it, explain it is uh, leading staple up is uphole boring. Flat backing is you're horizontally boring, for, for a better word. And I think you'll find during your course of your stoping sort of stuff, you'll, you'll do a bit of a hybrid of both, you know, depending on what, what's going on, where you are in your body in relation to everything else that's about it yeah and surely everyone should know what flat backing is by now it's basically you just uh come up and uh get on top of your body either through a rise or an incline and you just uh strip the backs out and get a, a face in front of you as, as a, so it would be like a, a a dry face and bore horizontal holes and fire them all down and then keep working through the body like that yeah that's so in, in leading, I know with uh, jumbo flat backing, mm. uh, air legging, do you actually, when you're flat backing, do you do one lift, bog out, backfill with waist, then go over the that, top, or do you usually oh, work off the dirt, work off the ore the whole way and get that, it all that, the end? Mate, you can, that, it's a hybrid. You can do either. It'll come down to the ore body. It'll come down to the, what the mine wants. Yeah, um, yeah, of course you can do that. You can jump it, like say, backfill with waist, or you can just get up on top of it and, and go across. It's... It's no different to jumbo flat backing if that's what's required. Yep. Um, yeah, it's like you can mix and match a bit. It's up to what has to what the mine will, requires. Yep. And that's why there's no hard and fast. Yeah, there's no hard and fast sort of. Well, that's how that's going to be. But yeah, if you, I've done a lot of benching, you know, which is sort of reverse flat backing, I guess. And uh, then we backfill that, and then and once we've done two two benches, and it's backfill with waste, then we'll come up and we'll. Well, half up at the backs because the backs because that happened to the level above 
So if you can imagine, if you've just benched down four metres of a 10 metre wide ore body, um, at least six metres, and then you can do it again, that only leaves four metre pillar above your head, then you can do two lifts and that, two half upper lifts, and that's that's taken that out. Yep. And then you might backfill a few levels of you know, style mining. That was pretty common up there at uh, Coyote when I was up there. That was actually first time I'd seen it, and I went, oh yeah, well it's actually probably not too bad. It'll say horses and horses for courses, Matty. I suppose it's a crea- lot of creativity when, as as you said, it's your your area, you're by yourself, and there's yeah. and as as you said, every every bloke could do it different. What oh, works yeah. for one bloke doesn't work for another. It's yeah. the same in every type of mining. I think you just and you just got to work in with and generally the engineers, you know, they they've worked all that out, you know, and you, you offer a lot of assistance. Well, back in you know, air league was pretty common, so everyone you really knew what was going on, but it's. Um, it's good now to be able to you know, offer an opportunity for the new engineers to understand because that's the biggest problem I'm facing now is they just don't know. And it's not uh, ignorance or they just, they just haven't been exposed to it. They're not, um, they don't know what an air leg miner can do. And I hope like this talk can, you know, an air leg miner can do a lot of good things for a mine. Well, and, the, the yeah. air leg miner did everything before uh, <laughs> yeah. mechanised mine. Yeah, that's right, in. mate. That's well, right. That's, they, uh, there was no yeah. other way to do it. We've got a we've got a we've got a few strings in our bow. Um, it's not just rise mining. Uh, we can, and I think uh, surely at Daisy, you know, it was anything like Harlequin was a great mine. You know, had consistent long oil stoping, but then had fourteen air leg miners throwing stope air leg stope dirt in as well. Um, so I don't think any mine now that can have a, a mixture, you know, a mixture of long oil stoping and a mixture of air leg stoping. That, that's that's got to be a recipe for success. That I think, you know, because you get into the best of both worlds. Yeah, I know. I know at um, at Daisy when they said when the ore body was like really flat in a lot of places when it was mm. predominantly air legging um, many years ago. There was I think there was about fourteen air leggers there, and they were they were god like it wasn't your conventional <laughs> means like if a jumbo calls up for a fitter they uh have to go straight to them if an air legger called up for anything that yep. was drop tools anyone had to right. park up but yeah. like those air leggers were fed up the house because that was obviously with air legging compared to the mechanized means your production rate is 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 lower yeah but you're getting your you i guess your ton production rate would be lower but your ounce production ounce rate because you get you're only taking the cream that's right, and I, th- I think you've got to. It, it's tough to um, look. We all know, or should all know, about dilution. And Darren, there's a fine line, and I've walked that line a lot recently as I'm trying to pursue you know, my air legging career and that and, and business. Talking to the mine managers now a lot, um, there's a balance. You can really um, lose focus on. You can be too concentrated on trying to be as narrow as you can, and and dilute. The, the least possible and then t- and sacrifice speed so a mine manager put speed of moving through an ore body can sometimes you know, cost um, so you got yeah a lot of people get focused too much focused on the dilution thing um, it's obviously what we're there for to do but don't get too hung up on it you know just don't sacrifice dilution for speed if you can move through an ore body quicker because don't worry the narrower it is it, it not necessarily means you move through it quicker you know it's tougher to get through um, I like, um, yeah, like I say, 1.2 is a good width when you're talking vertical sort of stuff or, you know, best is basalt, basalt, one and a half metres, 45 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if you could make your own ore body. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what, the, the miners that worked at Bullen, 
the Bullen Mine Harlequin, you know, they had, they, that was pretty good. Oh, the original Bullen, you know, without going into St. Pat's, you know, that was, that was pretty good mining for those guys that, you know, but. Uh, How, how'd you go working in and around quartz, so much quartz? Like that is just the sharpest Yeah, I've got, a few, I've got a few scars, to be honest. Actually, one day, and you'll, I, I, a lot of, I wear, and I always have now, like, we call them gauntlet, but the elbow length or the long, the long gloves, you yep. know, right up to the elbow. Um, one day I, in my stope, I just sat down. I just had crib. I used to have crib in my stope. I took my gloves off, and uh, had me sh- had me um, overalls rolled up a little bit, and I just sat down and just rested my hand, um, forearm on a rock. I just rested it there. Didn't fall or nothing like that. And uh, I feel this thing dripping off my elbow, and I had a three-inch gash in me bloody uh, in me fo- just under, under me forearm there, and um, that was just from cutting it on a piece of quartz shale, you know, really sharp. Yeah, quartz, it's pretty abrasive too on your bits, I'll give you that. Um, but no, it's, it's just, you know, it's good. We'd, I'd, I'd bore in quartz any day, you know. Because uh, it's obviously, yeah, you rip through it pretty yeah, quick, I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's generally, us narrow vein gold miners, generally it's a quartz. Not all the time, obviously, but generally, you know, laminated quartz all body. Yeah. So how many, how many bits were you going through for, say, a rice cut in that, oh, if you well, bore them purely in quartz? Oh, mate, sometimes you can only... Well, that'll come down to the bit manufacturer a bit. But no, honestly, maybe seven. You could get, go as low as seven holes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's, I, the, what's the process of changing a bit on an air leg? Oh, just knock them with... Oh, so they're tapered. They're not threaded like a jumbo. Yeah. Uh, or extension steels are, if you might see air leg is using extension steels. But uh, they're tapered. So um, Morse taper might be the, the engineering term, but just a 12-degree taper. Um, so... The, to get them on, you you, know, you just put them on and just bash them against the wall. Tap three, and that that, that taps them on. And then by the first hole, there's they're some well, first wrap of the air leg. They're machine. They're they're on. But then to get them off, you uh, put your safety glasses on, and you uh, get your gimpy hammer, and you put put your put on a rock, and you smash shit out of it. And uh, half a dozen blows, it pings it off and pings it off, and then uh, put a new bit on and go for it. So up a rise. You're hoping you can get your 16 holes or 12 holes out of your one bit because you only got to cut up and you're going to, you know, that's the beauty of rise mine. You need to be lean and efficient. You only want to take up that one steel. You only, you don't want to have anything up there you don't need. And um, so if you can get, get away with just taking one steel up and get your whole 12 dozen holes or, you know, uh, 16 holes out, out of a, out of one bit, it's good, you know. I guess, and about about walking up a rise, and this is this is one thing that's just always fathomed me. I've, yep. I've lifted an air leg before, and I've rested <laughs> it on my shoulder, and the pain it induced instantly. Obviously, you 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 get accustomed to this over the time, but t- take us back to I guess the first your first period of being a rise miner, and yep. how bloody sore the muscles were, and how how long it actually took you to get. To stop wrestling the machine and where it come a bit natural, you got your balance and you yeah, didn't okay. want to die every afternoon when you got home. <laughs> yeah. Well, a few of the leg miners that trained me, and I guess we'll talk about trainees just to get the attrition rate. Like uh, I've had a dozen trainees through my since I've been a since I've classed myself as an air leg miner, and that's just not working through my company. That's you know, through my career, and there's four of them have made it. So. Anyone out there that wants to be an air leg miner, just from, you know, it's, it's not so easy. Um, you need to have that drive and hunger. But yeah, so there's only about, it's pretty tough. It's guys that want to do it, the guys actually end up doing it. So my, uh, 
my drive, the guys that trained me, well, Dave Easton, he was a pretty solid little nuggety guy, the guys that know him. But all the, all the other guys, they were skinny little wiry old men, you know. Yep. I don't know if anyone's seen Stanko, you know, it's tough little wiry guys. And we well, like Jimmy Hutton as well. Look at Jimmy Hutton. Yeah, I know Jimmy. Yeah, he's he, about look, sixty he's, kilo, ring and wet. Yeah. But he'd bloody, I reckon he'd drop me in a, oh, like, a one he's punch. A, he's a solid little man, Jimmy. <laughs> and um, you know, but uh, these old guys, I was struggling to bore my sixteen holes a shift. These guys were boring their hundred easy, and it wasn't. And I, you just they they'd let you suffer for a little bit, the old guys, and then they would teach you. They'd drop a few hints to you um, once you understand. So probably, you know. You work it out, a couple of, you know, you either work it out quick or you don't work it out, and uh, off you go, maybe a couple, you know, when, that's about it, mate, you know, you either, you either pick it up, like old um, Armo said to me, you can only be shown how to, you can only show an air legger, you can't teach one, you know, so, and if people that done it, been around, when well, I know what that means, you can only show a guy how it works, what needs to happen, and they either do it, pick it up and become one or they don't and that's all there is to it mate but yeah nah carrying an air leg up a machine uh sorry carrying an air leg and machine up a rise yeah yeah we don't do that the, i probably shouldn't give away too many secrets um but uh we uh use the air leg you know the um sure enough yeah the machine rotation stuff's up halfway up and through a cut yeah you're gonna chuck that down you have to walk down and just basically pick up another one and just drag her up but uh, when you need to take one up, you can use the put on the machine, put on the air leg, and then you just uh, turn the air leg on. Some people, I, I just used to shackle the bridle to the rattlelung. Some people get a little four, little steel and bend a lip, bend, take it to the workshop and bend a little like a shepherd's hook in the end of it, and and as they drive the air leg up, hook that on the rattlelung, then retract the air leg, and then because guys that don't know, you can have, there's a little button on the air leg that will retract the air leg for you, and there's this, so that's good and. So yeah, sometimes we don't have to you know, fully lift lift our machine all the way from the bottom to the top. But so yeah. you were working smarter, not hard. Oh yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Smarter, harder. Never walk past something empty-handed. If you know you need something when you're walking, because it's de-ringing as well, not just in your rise but in your stope. You know, and that's another good way of when you're stoping, you can, um, you know, you work from work from one side to the other. You, you don't be like a chook running around everywhere. You have a system, so. As you've bored your, your drag out, your panel out, you've got your gear there. So where you fire, you tuck it behind a pillar and then you're ready to pick up the next day sort of thing, you know. That's about it, mate. Get finding that routine, Get that it? routine, get that repetition. Routine, and uh, I think I heard you say it before, repetition gives me speed. So I, one of the things I figured out early on was I was going to bore my cuts the same. I'm sure it's the same with jump operators, you know. I'll bore my cuts exactly the same way, one hole, then my next hole is always my next hole, and I'll bore my pattern. It might, doesn't, doesn't make it right or wrong, my pattern's my pattern. Um, but I'll bore it the same way every time. Um, and then that way I, you know, rep, I know exactly when I pull out of that hole, bang, I know exactly, where, I don't have to think about it, I know where I'm going. I've been doing it for 20 years, that's where I'm going, you know. Yep. That's, repetition gives you speed. Exactly, and yeah. you gotta, you got to... Oh, Mick Cream was telling me he he, yep. he said play play a game with yourself. You got it because obviously they don't call it boring for nothing. It can get a bit <laughs> can get a bit boring. Yeah. And he and he said with the I don't know if it's a, if you could do it with an air leg. It's a bit um shorter holes. But he says play play a game with yourself. He says you should when you finish one hole, you obviously know your pattern. You know you know which hole you're going to next. 
you got to try beat the water out of the other hole. So he <laughs> says you should be collared. Yeah. Up onto your next hole, collared, full percussion, gone before yeah. the water stops running out that yeah, other right. hole. Yeah, so I'll start it. I'll just keep the water on on the way out to jam a bit more <laughs> up there to give me a bit more time. Yeah, but, no, look, uh, that's it. You know, you're, you're always looking for your next collar, you know, and, uh, well, you should have that pretty well sussed. And, um, yeah. It's a, it's unreal to watch watch air legs because you, you, can, you can hear them if, if they're up their eyes, but I, I remember watching watching a guy doing a, a slot or, or a bay, which you call it, and just just watching him going from hole to hole and there's there's no fucking around. There's He's, no. he's out and he's just the, – the balance that is required and the strength and the core is yeah. just – oh, just watching it was just unbelievable. He was just out in, bang, full noise. That's the game. And I just couldn't – I couldn't get over it. And I'm just no, – no, uh, yeah. years of experience, obviously, but, um, yeah, yeah. Just make, it makes you appreciate how – bloody and tough and strong and talented these blokes are yeah you're always looking at the ground and you're trying to find it and if you you don't have to be that precise because it's like i tell my young guys it's like uh you know playing a game of snooker or pull it at, at the pub you line up that corner pocket you might not be on the right angle at the start but it's all it's, the main thing is where that back of the hole is i think that's with any mining or any yep. boring it's where the back of the hole ends up and so you can always you know angle pull away a bit and you might not have the the holes might not look perfectly square on the outside, you know, but it's where the back. It's where the hole finishes that matters. And, and it's it's. I guess it's not too much of a. You don't want to. You don't want to employ too much of a science. You got it's explosives and rock. You yep. just it's. You just I, make I know myself when yep. I when I stressed out tried to overcomplicate no. things. That's that that friggin' engineer in me. Yeah. It's just sometimes you just when you don't think about it, things just happen better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All we're doing is making a small hole big. Yep. That's, exactly. That's it, mate. Well, that's been a great overview of the airlegging mining method, and that's where this will come to the end of part one. Because obviously, I've got to do a part two where we'll go into sort of Jono's business <laughs> yeah, ventures, yep. um, and we'll have a break and a tick. But I want to ask: we had a chat about this earlier. You gave me a couple of good stories, and I want to want to make this a bit of a bit of a theme with all the life of mine episodes. Share share a few stories that obviously won't implicate anyone too bad but uh there's a there's a there's so many funny stories that you get at the wet mess and you've got a couple for me oh mate uh it's tough there's so many but the one i always remember was uh where one of the old air leg miners he uh he was starting up starting off a rise he might have been two or three cuts up so he just wasn't much no he's only just up and uh i think we had we had a few we, we always had a few drinks back then and he uh he uh I think he needed to go to the toilet and he, I think he might have followed through you know what I mean and uh, touch and cloth though touch and cloth well and truly um, so he had nothing to tidy himself up with so he uh, he stripped off naked and uh, he was on the eastern drive and on the western drive was the guy's no longer with his Graham Parker now people that know Parker he was one of the funniest guys I've ever worked with he uh, if there was one person you didn't want to catch you out in a situation like that it was Parky so Parky's walked around the corner right at the time that uh, old, old mate here is uh, completely naked, perched up on an air leg rise ladder with a water hose up his ass, washing <laughs> the shit off him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, don't tell anyone, Parky. And well, Parky being Parky told everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, nah, but uh, nah, that, was, that was pretty cool. And uh, another thing Parky did, we were sharing a level this time, I was on the northern side or he was on the southern side something like that and uh we came out the cross cut to knock off time and uh we always used to meet we'd walk down a level and the miners 
we'd all meet sort of like the six of us would all meet in the one level made it easy for the old shift boss to pick us up in the pc and then he looked in the eight in the hundred series that was the that pretty flash cars back then and um obviously the foreman had made a trip to kagoolie the night before and there's mcdonald's or hungry jack's bloody <laughs> brown paper bag and the console with two you know two large coke you no know, con- hungry jack's containers he said here carry these and we'll walk down to the boys and we'll tell them the foreman thought we done with the best ever miners on site so he's bought us mcdonald's for, for crib <laughs> and uh so down we've gone and those old blokes they couldn't believe it they they, they took the bait yeah <laughs> was there actually some leftover nah, bloody cheeseburgers nah, you were hooking nah, in we're, or you we're, just... we're open but no nah, there's nothing in there mate but yeah those old guys they they just thought we were we were fed up the arse. <laughs> oh, sounds like old mate was fed up the yeah, arse oh, with yeah. orders before. <laughs> yeah. Getting himself an enema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for thanks very much for that, Jono. The, yeah, no the great. And I hope I hope listeners out there, and especially especially engineers and guys yeah. that guys that probably don't haven't been exposed. It's not that you don't know much about airling. It's just purely an exposure. An exposure, and that's and, the thing. And appre- and appreciate the benefits that it can have, and. Uh, Oh God! You take you take it for a, a means of getting a stope going. Uh, you've got long hole rises, your down hole up hole. Up holes has a lot lot less uh, success rate, lower probability. You've got your ray, your raise balls and your box holes, which are obviously yeah. very costly, and they 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 work really well. But the best, my opinion, the best method to get a stope going is an air leg slot rise, yeah. purely based on one. You get, as John O said before, you get information on the way up. You in in your narrow vein, you you get to follow the ore body. You get grades. You get geos. Get to sample it. And the the better thing about having an air leg slot rise to fire into, in comparison to a raise bore hole, it's the same same amount of void. But your air leg rise is actually is fired and fractured ground whereas a raise bore is a perfect perfect circle and you, yep. you you need four obviously you need you need four holes really close around it to give it that initial crack because if you just if you just bore your normal pattern around that it, it, i've heard of plenty of raise bores that have been put in and they just freeze and don't come yeah. out which yep. defeats the <laughs> purpose of spending tens of thousand dollars whereas an air leg slot wise it's already fired ground they just yep. break open piece of piss yeah, I guess, mate, and uh, well, thanks for that. And I guess the only thing I want to finish is let the these new young guys, engineers and managers around the place know that look, air leg mine is not going anywhere. It, um, I'm sure it's going to be for a long time to come. Um, and it is safe. You know, I don't want people thinking that air leg mining is not safe. So my one of the things about me coming and talking to you was I wanted to highlight that it, air leg mining can be done safely. Um, and, it's, and, and it's a needed part in the, in the underground mining industry. That's about it, mate. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we'll have a we'll have a breather. God, till yeah. at ten past eleven, I reckon. Time for might, a beer. I think we might crack one, <laughs> and we'll be back for part two. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. See you, boys. Awesome.